So at the moment, Oregon does not have an offensive coordinator, but I think that announcement is coming pretty soon. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Ducks. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. Thank you to everybody out there who continues to grow this show and the audience I have. I'm humbled and honored by each and every one of you Duck fans out there. Seriously, thank you so much, by the way. Those of you watching on YouTube can see I'm not in my normal setup. Visiting my brother in Anaheim. This is what the top of my head looks like. This is what my ears look like. All right, enough of the Spencer McLaughlin fashion show. I think we've all had enough of that. I think this offensive coordinator hire is coming soon. And there are a couple of reasons why I think that. Number one, when you look at the recruiting timeline and the transfer portal timeline, it makes sense that you want to have a name in place if you're Dan Lanning and the rest of this staff. I trust them as recruiters. I do. Everything they have showed us to this point. It seems like it was a lifetime ago, but right when I took over the show, M. Lanning got hired, and that recruiting class, for all intents and purposes, was in shambles, at least by Oregon standard, because Mario just announced he was leaving, players were decommitting left and right, we knew that was going to happen, and then you looked up at the end of the day, and you're like, wow, that's a top 25 recruiting class in the country. How did that happen? And so... This is their first opportunity to really get kids to put pen to paper, commit to Oregon, stay committed to Oregon, and show us what they can do. And so I've got confidence in in them in that particular sense. I also have confidence right now that Dan Lanning still wants to have an offensive coordinator that he can pitch kids to, that he can have them talk to, build a relationship, build a rapport with. Guys like Dante Moore, who he went out and saw a picture of the two of them in front of a Christmas tree. I don't want to be dramatic. I'm just saying I might have ordered a fathead of it. Uh, you know, if that's what it takes to keep Dante committed, then that, you know, that that's what I'll do. I didn't actually do that, but it'd be kind of funny if I did, what wouldn't it? Anyway, so with the portal opening today, as this episode drops, December 5th, that's when the transfer portal opens, and we'll get to guys who have announced they're going to be leaving the program a little later here in the show. Combined with National Signing Day in the early window on December 21st, prior to the bowl game on December 28th, the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina, you want to have somebody in place. Just from a timeline perspective, you got to have that. And when you're trying to keep guys like Dante Moore committed, who's getting offers and interest from other schools, when you're trying to keep Jurion Dickey there, yeah, the head coach is important, no doubt. Lanning needs to be a part of it. He should be. I'm sure he has been and will continue to be. But Lanning, as a defensive coach, cannot make the ultimate pitch to an offensive player at the end of the day. He can make a big part of it, But that final thing that puts a kid over the top is, man, I like what that guy is bringing to the table offensively. 
So I think you got to have that from a recruiting perspective and a transfer portal perspective because the portal is open in Windows now. If you didn't know this, there are windows in which the portal is open. Guys who are entering the portal haven't actually entered the portal, right? So Dante Thornton, Seven McGee, Byron Cardwell, those guys have announced that they are going to, but their names are not actually in the transfer portal until today. And then they can start talking to coaches and start talking to, to other programs and figure out where their next destination is going to be. So with the window opening today, as this show drops, you have to know who your offensive coordinator is because you've got to understand what sort of offense you're going to be running, what the vision is, Coach Lanning and whoever this offensive coordinator hire is have to be on the same page on that front, not just in the scheme sense, but also with personnel. Because you're going to go out and attack recruiting and say, we want to get these sorts of players, here's what we got and whatnot. But in the transfer portal, with the number of players you can bring in who will make an immediate impact, and I'm sure there will be plenty for the Ducks, you have to have a guy that you can't just be bringing in players because you think they're talented. You need to bring in a player who you think is going to fit your scheme and is going to support what you're trying to accomplish on that side of the ball. You can't do that without an offensive coordinator. So I think that hire is coming soon. We haven't heard who it is. It kind of, There was a rumor swirling around on Twitter that it was going to be Joe Brady, and Oregon fans were really excited. Some of you were like, oh, man, Joe Brady, it's going to be great. I would love to get Joe Brady. But then Bruce Feldman came out with a tweet and said, I asked Joe Brady. He said, not happening. Now, look, coaches say one thing out this side of their mouth and another out the other all the time. So he's not, I wouldn't say he's completely off the table. Was I completely crushed or worried or panicked? Like, wait, it's not going to be him? No. Because at this point in time, Dan Lanning, when it comes to finding an offensive coordinator as a defensive coach who is not the play caller on that side of the ball, deserves our respect and our trust. Because he found Kenny Dillingham. Kenny Dillingham was one of the names in his Rolodex of cards. And, uh, yeah, Oregon was top 20 in three pretty notable categories this year. Total offense, rushing offense, passing offense, scoring offense. Pretty sure they were top 10 in scoring offense, if, uh, if not mistaken. I think I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point in time that he knows what he's looking for on that side of the ball. And if you're worried at all, I haven't heard this from many of you, but I think it's a reasonable thought about, well, Kenny Dillingham just left. How are you going to be able to find someone in a short amount of time? Important to remember this. Whoever the offensive coordinator ends up being, and I expect this announcement by like tomorrow at the latest, I'll be surprised if as you listen to this show, whether that's Monday afternoon Monday evening, Tuesday morning, whenever that may be, I'll be surprised if by then we don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. I would say Tuesday at the latest is when we, like certainly at some point this week, I would expect we will know. Because, yeah, we knew about a week ago that Kenny Dillingham was leaving. Do you think Dan Lanning found out 
that Dillingham was going to take the Arizona State job when we all found out? Or, alternatively, do you think Dan Lanning was talking to a guy who he brought in to be on his first ever college football staff and has a background in history with and was open with him about the fact that, hey, I'm interviewing for this Arizona State job and it looks like I'm a top target and if I get offered, I'm going to take it just so you're aware. Like, do you think Dillingham was just keeping Lanning in the dark the entire time? Or alternatively, do you think Lanning knew that Dillingham was a target for Arizona State and he's been starting to lay the groundwork, talk to candidates, probably interview some. I'm sure they've already interviewed several candidates for it. I'm going to go with the latter of those two situations rather than Lanning being just caught completely flat-footed and say, well, oh man, Dillingham is gone. That just got announced after the Oregon State game. I guess I better start looking for an offense coordinator. I'm thinking he's been working on this for a little while. And if you are working on figuring out what to get people for Christmas this year, think about if you've got a steak lover in your family. And then go get Omaha Steaks because they will make you a top-tier gift giver. Hopefully we get the wonderful gift very soon of a new offensive coordinator who keeps this offense producing at a high, high level. I also really hope Bonex will be a part of it. Eh, well, we'll see. It's not impossible. I'm not too optimistic about it, however. But if you place an order for Omaha Steaks, I am very optimistic you will be Please, the steak expert Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting, make you a holiday hero. You can tailor it specifically to the person for whom you are buying these wonderful cuts of meat. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code locked on at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. I am anxious to see who this offensive coordinator hire is going to be. I'm anxious to hear what he has to say. I remember when Kenny Dillingham was hired and the sorts of things he said, and a lot of it played out this year offensively. I mean, he talked about things like, we're going to be running a pro-style offense. Not that we'll be under center and look like you know Utah and, and Oregon State and Arizona and such, but that it's about putting guys in one-on-one situations. And I think we saw a lot of that this year. That's how you had deep shots to Dante Thornton the last few weeks. Deep balls to Troy Franklin time and time again. Chris Hudson as well, getting the running backs in space. I think they did a really, really good job. So I am anxious and interested and curious to see who this hire is going to be. The word that I am not, Duck fans, and let me stress this very, very heavily, the word that I am not is worried. I am not worried. My curiosity is bursting out of my brain because I'm like, man, he found Kenny Dillingham and I was a young, relatively unproven guy, never been a play caller. For the most part, that was kind of a home run hire. So good that he got a head coaching offer and is now the youngest Power 5 head coach in the entire country. By the way, we play at Arizona State next year, which is kind of fun. But I am I am very interested to see who this hire is. We'll be diving into his background, offenses he runs, what it looks like. Remember that element of mystery we had last year? 
Maybe we'll have that again. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have someone who's been an offensive coordinator time and time again. But we also have to remember is even if you bring in an offensive coordinator who has a way that he has run his offense and called plays a certain way in the past, doesn't mean it's going to look and be exactly like that because he's not the head coach. He doesn't get to do everything his way. But he and Lanning are going to be on the same page about formations and concepts and you know stuff that they want to run for that. A question I just thought of as I'm recording the show that I actually don't know the answer to, it probably depends on who the hire would be. I don't think whoever the hire is will be there in the bowl game. That would be fun. That would be that'd be really, really fun. By the way, I'm glad it's the holiday bowl. I really am. I I remember the Holiday Bowl. I think last time Oregon played in it was 2008. That sound right? 2008 with Jeremiah Masoli, Oklahoma State. It was a top 15 matchup. That was when it was the number two bowl game in, in the Pac-10. I think it might have changed once it became the Pac-12. And now the number two or the highest you know non-New Year's Six bowl game is the Alamo Bowl. I liked it better when it was the Holiday Bowl. Because it was out west and, you know, if, like, frankly, neither of them makes sense if you're doing Big 12 and Pac-12 because the Big 12 doesn't have to go very far to the Alamo Bowl, whereas the Pac-12 fans do. Don't quite understand that. Seems like it should be somewhere in the middle. I don't know. But I like it when it was a holiday bowl. So I like getting the chance to play there. Plenty of recruiting opportunities down there in Southern California, of course, to bring players to the game or meet up with them or, or, or whatnot. But um, but anyway, so I think the OC hire will be done pretty soon. I'm not too worried about it. Let's get into the latest players who will not be back next season, that we know will not be back next season. And one of them is like the least surprising announcement in the history of least surprising announcements, perhaps only outdone by Byron Cardwell, Cardwell entering the portal. That wasn't shocking at all. But Christian Gonzalez is going to the NFL. And that's about where he should be because he is projecting as, I think according to Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper, one of the two, a top two or three corner in this draft. I think that's about right. He's got to work on some ball skills a little bit. But his hip movement, his athleticism, his tackling, the way that he just stays glued to the receiver, like I, I was so impressed with him this year. It's a big loss for the Oregon defense, no doubt. And what this creates is an opportunity in the bowl game for a young player to step up and show what he's capable of. You know, Dante Manning might get more run. Maybe he'll still have the best game of his career. Maybe he'll have the worst game of his career. I don't know. A lot of things to watch for in the bowl game. We can get to that uh, later once it's closer to that time. But uh, Gonzo, what a year it was. I mean, Oregon's defense, yeah, it was bad this year. What would it have been, particularly when we struggled so much through the air, what would it have been without Gonzo on one side as a true shutdown corner? That's not something I want to think about. Glad I didn't have to see it. All the best to Christian Gonzalez. Should be a late first, early second round pick. Uh, And and whoever's drafting him, I think they're getting a good corner. Seems like they're getting a good dude as well. Uh, Jackson LaDuke is the latest uh, announcement for the transfer portal. And he will enter it as uh, as this episode drops, or uh, not necessarily in sync. You know what I'm trying to say. Episode comes out same day transfer portal opens. Like 
a parting of the Red Sea. Uh, Jackson LeDuc will be in there. Not super impactful. He did not play a ton when when, when he was a duck. You know, I don't I don't harbor any ill will towards him or or anything. I don't think he's you know giving up on Oregon too soon. I, I watched him and he had a couple. You know, he looked pretty good in the spring game, but when you watched him in in actual game action, like. I can't think of a real impactful play that that he made. Doesn't mean he it doesn't mean he didn't make a couple here and there, but overall, not that concern. And and I think the linebacker depth at the recruiting position, or from a recruiting standpoint, at the linebacker position, I think is pretty solid. I, I think you look at guys like Keith Brown, who saw more and more playing time as the year went on. I think you look at guys like Harrison Taggart, like Devin Jackson. I'm not even naming all of them. I, I do get the sense that Flo probably has to come back. He wasn't playing a lot at the end of the year, which is kind of telling. He's got a long way to go. Whether or not he sticks it out, I don't know. I, I still kind of lean towards that might be a transfer portal guy. We'll see You know, kind of what the, the defensive staff's vision for him is there. But he was ahead of Jackson LaDuke, who was, you know, a solid waist down the depth chart. And these are the guys that I, I don't think most Oregon fans are batting too much of an eye. They're like, yeah, you know, fourth or fifth string linebacker who saw the field a handful of times, and I barely remember watching him play much. Like, all right, go find some playing time. Wish you nothing but the best. But another guy has entered the transfer portal. And, man, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, how are we going to replace Gonzo? Eh, probably transfer portal again, but there's there's another name in the transfer portal and or who's going to be in the transfer portal and now officially can be, and that's Bram Walden, and that's a name most of you probably don't know, and Bram Walden was a four star offensive lineman, Under Armour All American recruit in in his class coming out of the state of Arizona in the 2021 cycle, I, I believe. Uh, is either 2021 or 2022. I can look that up real quick. But he, he hadn't played a lot. So it's not like we're losing a, a starter there. But that's the sort of guy. I mean, like he was a high, he was a high four-star recruit and hadn't started seeing the field yet. And there's a, a reason that I'm a little not like worried, not panicked, but when I saw that it was there, he was class of 2021, I got a, a little bit concerned. Just like a, just a smidgen. And by the way, tomorrow, December 6th, is when Spencer Fano commits the four-star offensive tackle out of the state of Utah. So hopefully we've got good news there. Of course, we'll be covering that here on the pod, and hopefully we'll be able to get John back on the show this week as well. But uh, there, there's a reason that that Walden, you know, entering the portal is like kind of concerning. It just doesn't give you the sort of security you need that you could get with Simply Safe. Yeah, I did it again. At Lockdown Ducks, we believe the home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Lockdown Ducks listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big 
on my favorite security system, Simply Safe. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Bram Walden was a guy who I, I was, I, you know, I don't think I've talked about him more than once or twice here on the show, but it was noteworthy to me that he entered the portal. His 24-7 composite rating coming out of high school was 96.24. So that's pretty highly rated four-star recruit. And he's at a position group, an offensive line, that you tend to just want bodies. You do. Because you can deal with a lot of attrition there. We saw that this season. We saw the importance of depth. Jackson Powers Johnson, I have no doubt whatsoever, is going to slide in and be a starting guard. He could be our starting center as well. He did that a little bit this year. I think he's better as a guard. PFF grades him really high at that position. When I watch him, I think he's really strong at, at the right guard slot. And he had to do that because Stephen Jones was out. And Ryan Walk was hurt early in the year. So Marcus Harper had to slide in. I thought Marcus Harper did a really, really nice job. But those are guys that you had behind. And Oregon is about to lose a lot of offensive linemen. Big Sala, Alex Forsyth, Ryan Walk, TJ Bass. Those are four starters on the offensive line. Why did I put out four with a thumb and then three fingers there? the middle ring and pointer. I don't really know. But it's like that scene in Glorious Bastards when, uh, what's the actor's name? Michael Fassbender gives himself away by putting up the American three instead of the German three with the thumb. Yeah, anyway. That didn't pertain to what I was saying in any way, shape, or form. I just love movie line callbacks because that's how my brother and I communicate. So, when you look at Walden, it was a name that I saw as having the potential to be a starter down the road. And so as you project Oregon's offensive line for next year at this point in time, Marcus Harper probably there, Jackson Powers Johnson probably there, Josh Connerly likely your left tackle. But then after that, it was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Don't, know. don't know yet. There are other bodies, there are other names there, but that was one that I had some hope for because of how he was regarded as a recruit coming out of college. But at the end of the day, is this that surprising? Probably not because he's a Mario Cristobal commit. And when you don't play under a new head coach and you committed to another one, it makes it more likely that you're going to transfer. Cause if you feel like, mm, maybe I'm just not clicking with this staff or they don't see me as, as I see myself. I don't know if I can reach my full potential here. So I get that. Don't begrudge him. But it was a name I would have rather kept around than not, right? Like Jackson LaDuke transfers, pretty indifferent. But Bram Walden left, and I was like, oh, man. Would have let, kind of like Dante Thornton. You know, I saw, I saw the news about it and said, man, I would have rather kept him around. Should we be okay without him? Yeah. But would I really prefer to have him than not for a depth perspective? The answer there is also yes. So 
you know, obviously that opens up another another roster slot. And, you know, once the transfer portal opens, more players will come in. Like it's like everything on the transfer portal right now sounds negative because guys can only announce that they're leaving. You don't know who they're going to bring in yet, but there will be names. We will, of course, continue to cover them together here on the show. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.